Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. This is The World in 10 from The Times of London on Monday, the 12th of December. I'm Inkem Ifejikan. And I'm Sonal Patel. Ukraine has faced Russian attacks over the weekend. Now in Odessa, it's plus five on the street, uh, plus five Celsius. So what will be when it will be minus 10 or minus 20, which is possible absolutely in Ukraine? We'll have the latest on the shock shooting in Rome, and it's a splashdown for NASA's moon mission. We are adventurers. We are explorers. We always have a frontier, and that frontier is now to continue exploring the heavens. We start with the war in Ukraine, where there's been heavy fighting over the weekend. Authorities said they had shot down 10 Russian drones, but five were able to get through, hitting energy facilities in the southwestern port city of Odessa. 1.5 million people have been left with intermittent water and electricity supplies. Alexei Goncharenko is the MP for Odessa. He says it could be dangerous for vulnerable Ukrainians. Hundreds of thousands elderly people, small mm. children, they're really suffering from everything what's happening. And now in Odessa, it's plus five on the street, uh, plus five Celsius. But uh, what will be when in Odessa or any other Ukrainian city, which will be again attacked, because the problem is not just in our city or our region, but in general in Ukraine. So what will be when it will be minus 10 mm. or minus 20, which is possible absolutely in Ukraine? Meanwhile, Ukraine carried out strikes of its own, hitting the occupied city of Melitopol. Over in Luhansk, the governor in exile said that Ukrainian forces had struck the headquarters of Russia's mercenary Wagner Group. Further sanctions on Russia will be discussed when the German Chancellor Olaf Scholz hosts an online meeting for the leaders of the G7 group of industrialized nations. To Italy and a shooting that shocked the country. Three people have been killed, including a friend of Italy's new prime minister, Giorgio Maloney. 
As far as we know, it wasn't terror-related, but more a domestic dispute targeting a residents' association. It happened at a cafe in Rome on Sunday, where people from a nearby apartment block had gathered for a meeting. A witness told an Italian news agency a man came into the room, closed the door and shouted, I'll kill you all, and then started to shoot. Ms Maloney posted a picture of herself alongside Nicoletta Golisano, one of the victims, on Instagram. She'd written, For me, she will always be beautiful and happy like this. It's not right to die like this. Police have arrested a 57-year-old man. Rai News, an Italian TV station, were told the suspect was a local man who'd been in a series of disputes with the Residents' Association. Four other people were wounded in the shooting, with at least one of them suffering serious injuries. Maloney said a shooting range from which the suspect had taken a gun used in the attack had been closed and placed under investigation by the authorities. Protests have continued in Peru, where the country has been plunged into a political crisis. Newly installed president Dina Boluarte declared a state of emergency as demonstrators clashed with police. I declare the state of emergency in areas of high social conflict. I communicate that I've given instructions to peacefully recover control and order without affecting the citizens' fundamental rights. I deeply regret the death of our compatriots in Andahuaylas, Apurimac, my homeland. I express my heartfelt condolences to their families. The Andahuaylas airport in the south of the country has been closed and at least two people have been killed. It all began on the 7th of December when, faced with impeachment in Peru's Congress, President Pedro Castillo tried to dissolve it, imposed the curfew, established an emergency government and attempted to create a body to revise the constitution. The opposition saw this as what's been described as a self-coup attempt, impeached him and put him in detention straight away. That's when the vice president, Dina Boluarte, was sworn in. However, Mr Castillo retained significant support in the south of the country, which has prompted the protests. Dina Boluarte does not represent us. She is a traitor. She's incompetent. And now she should be in jail because there are already many dead in the country. We will continue until our president is released. One of their demands is for immediate elections, which would have been held in 2026 at the end of Mr Castillo's term. Ms Boluarte has said she will submit a bill to Congress to bring elections forward to April 2024. Space. The final frontier. Uh, apologies, I got carried away. But our next story definitely has Star Trek vibes. From Tranquility Base to Taurus Littrow to the tranquil waters of the Pacific, the latest chapter of NASA's journey to the moon comes to a close. Orion, back on Earth. NASA's Orion capsule barreling down through Earth's atmosphere at some 40,000 kilometres an hour. That's really fast. Splashing down in the Pacific Ocean. And we're on mains. Orion under its chutes descending towards splashdown. It capped a 25-day mission called Artemis after the Greek goddess of the moon. At 11 a.m. and 11 seconds. Which started on the 16th of November. With Orion 3,200 statued miles away from Earth. And included a lunar flyby. Bill Nelson's from NASA. We are adventurers. We are explorers. 
we always have a frontier, and that frontier is now to continue exploring the heavens. The gumdrop-shaped Orion capsule carried a simulated crew of three mannequins wired with sensors. The Apollo missions, they went to the moon for a few days at a time. Sean Cleavers, the industrial manager for Orion. This time with the Artemis program, we're going there to have more of a sustained human presence. We want to start building up infrastructure on and around the moon. The Artemis program is aimed at returning astronauts to the lunar surface in the next 10 years, flying its first crew around the moon as early as 2024. It's a little bit longer term this time that we're going. Um, and of course, a lot of this as well is because we also want to use the moon as a stepping stone to going to Mars as well. So we're, we're learning, we're growing, we're trying to prove technologies, prove that we can do it. And then eventually the next chapter will be, of course, Mars. Nailing Orion's return was important, especially if you ever want to carry humans. Temperatures can reach close to a staggering 3,000 degrees Celsius, which would vaporise most things, including people. But NASA's heat shields held up. I feel like we've been on the Earth, you know, many, many years. We've made a lot of mistakes. Orion's Sean Cleaver says this is an important milestone for the Artemis missions. We can define almost a new set of rules, a new society, all from scratch. We've got the opportunity to do it right this time and to not mess it up. In sport, England have left the World Cup in Qatar, in case you didn't know, but not entirely empty-handed. They may not have a trophy, but they have got a new friend. John Jackson has more. It might not be coming home for the England football team, but the stray cat they adopted during the FIFA World Cup finals will be. The team arrived back on Sunday, just hours after their 2-1 quarter-final loss to France in Qatar. However, the loss may be easier to take for Manchester City duo Carl Walker and John Stones, with the positive news that Dave the Cat that befriended them at their training base is allowed to return to the UK. Walker told the English FA's media channel that as much as they love Dave, some of the other members of the team aren't so keen. Dave didn't land at Birmingham Airport with the majority of the rest of the squad. He'll have to spend four months in quarantine before being reunited with his new co-parents. Well, with Dave's future secure, the big question now is whether Gareth Southgate will continue as the national team's manager. He told reporters after the match he'll need time to consider what's best for the team. To Eurovision, the junior version, which has been won by a 13-year-old French boy. He's called Lissandro and he won 203 points, which is a pretty impressive score for Oh Mama. Amina, which hosted the event, came in second. The results are determined by a 50-50 vote, with half coming from online voting and the other half from professional juries. It is slightly different from the adult edition in that viewers were able to vote for their own country. This year marks the 20th anniversary of the contest, with 16 countries competing. As for Lissandro, accepting his award, he told everyone he was very happy and shouted, Vive la France! Frankly, I think that's too many French victories in such a short space of time, but who's counting? And finally, King Charles and Queen Camilla have chosen a picture taken at the Braemar Games in Scotland for their Christmas card. It was taken on September the 3rd, only days before the death of Queen Elizabeth II, who missed the event because of mobility issues. The King and Queen, then the Prince of Wales and Duchess of Cornwall, were at the Braemar Royal Highland Gathering with the Princess Royal. In the photograph, the King is wearing a tweed jacket and striped tie as he stands side-on looking into the distance. A flower is tucked into his buttonhole. The Queen is smiling at him fondly, wearing pearl earrings, a green suit and matching hat with a pheasant motif. 
And that's your World in 10 from the Times of London on Monday the 12th of December. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts.